Just a reminder, our podcast deals with crimes that are often violent and graphic in nature, so listener discretion is advised. So when in doubt, leave the kids out. Now, please let us take you back in time. Hi, so welcome old time crime gals. This is Melissa here with my friend. So last week we were talking about Ray Rivera and his mysterious death. So if you haven't listened to last week's, this one's not going to really make a lot of sense. Um, Or at least we'll make your head scratch, which the original case does anyway. Because it's so strange. You thought it was strange. I didn't think it was strange, not knowing how he, yeah. what happened to him. And then, so, so there's a lot of theories. There I, is. I held my questions. <laughs> so apparently Ray, if for um, a little bit of backstory, he was at home, got a phone call, rushed out, and then went missing for a week. Um, they find the car where he parked, and then they find his body. Because people had climbed to the top of a parking structure and were looking down at like a lower roof of the Belvedere Hotel in Baltimore and saw a hole in the roof. And so when they checked out the area, like close to the hole, there were some flip-flops that were broken. Um, then they found, you know, glasses and a wallet, um, cell phone. Oh, that yep. So then they, you know, go into the, the Belvedere and find where that, the source of the hole and inside a conference room, an unused conference room, was the body of Ray Rivera. Because it was an older hotel. Yes. So that was not somewhere that it, it was not a hotel anymore. Frequented yeah. By... Well, it was a public, like private property. There was a nightclub on like the 11th floor. Um, there's offices, there's condos that people have bought to live in. So there's people in the building, but that particular room was unused. I think the old um, property manager said it was like the old racquetball room, but it was turned into a conference room. But either way, there's this big hole in the ceiling and Ray is underneath laying face up and um, kind of decomposed to decompose to determine exactly what had happened on site. Because, I mean, they think he'd been there since day one, like yeah. hopped out of his car or got it where he, wherever he got himself into and then ended up in the spot. Very weird. But what was strange is that the ME, the medical examiner and coroner's report, I mean, it, the theory was it was suicide. He jumped off the roof of this building. But you've seen the building. There's like this ornate ledge around the t- very top of the building that's 14 stories tall. And then there's a ledge like on the 11th that goes around the 11th floor that he could only get to if he had access to this private nightclub and in certain areas. Or people's residences to going through their their house, which is unlikely. And um, excuse me, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. And um, or that he jumped from the lower roof on the opposite side of the parking garage, or the top of the parking garage into this lower roof. But none of the math works, right? Because he would have had to jump way out. I mean, he would have had. I think at one point they like said Superman. he had eleven miles an hour in flip flops. Hurled himself across this thing like 45 feet out to land in this hole. Made no sense. And then to get to the top of the roof, if you're jumping from the Belvedere, you had to jump way out and down. And then if you're jumping from the parking garage, it was only 20 feet high. So they said that none of the the damage wouldn't be as extensive as it was. And he probably couldn't jump out that far anyway without like being Superman, like you said. So none none of the ledges and angles and stories make sense if you're, that he jumped on his own and landed in this hole. And if you're gonna kill yourself, you're gonna do it 
the quickest way possible because supposedly you're distraught. Well, he just... he was also afraid of heights. That's right. He didn't even want to climb the ladder to hang Christmas lights. Right. So why so... are you going to go 14 stories up and run, take a running leap off of a ledge? Yes, that doesn't make sense. And then the glasses and the cell phone. They weren't scratched. They weren't cracked. So they were placed. Right. So So how do you place in front of a hole, put your stuff down, then climb the roof and jump? Right. It just doesn't make any sense. None of that made sense. And all of Ray's family members and friends, suicide was just not. Him and his wife had a great relationship. They were getting ready to sell their house and move back to California where he wanted to be a screenwriter. Yep. A a filmmaker. He was a writer. Um. Yeah, and, and suicides, I mean, they do often surprise us, but we mentioned this last time. In hindsight, you look at, there's red flags. Right. And they couldn't tell that there was any red flags. And so the police theory is that it was suicide. He killed himself. But the medical examiner's report, I mean, he had, like, ribs broken. The way that his shins and leg bones were snapped was inconsistent with coming straight through the metal rebarred roof. Um he just had so much damage done that it seemed like it was overkill to be coming through that little hole, if that makes any sense. Right. Um, I mean, we just looked at one theory a while ago that someone mentioned he may have been dropped from a helicopter. I mean, right. I don't think that happened because someone would have seen something, but it's just crazy. And so when the investigation, they went to go pull the security cameras. They have security cameras everywhere around the roof. They just weren't on that day. So like they were working order. They just weren't working that day. So that's weird. That's almost like an inside job. And you have to get access to the roof through a locked door. Yeah. And so, and as like I said, it's not a private, it's not a public hotel. So someone strange walking around that has no idea where they're going or if they've right. been there before, it's going to seem a little odd and people are going to remember, like no one remembers seeing I was going to say there's no history of him being there. No. Okay. Huh. Very interesting. So that phone call that he got came from Porter and Associates work building. So this was someone he worked with. This was a friend's business Mm -hmm. whom he worked with. But he worked from home. But they couldn't. The phone was like through a switchboard. So they couldn't tell like what office or what cubicle made the phone call. But that the phone call came from the building. Okay. And initially his friend Porter put up a reward like a $5,000 reward and he seemed cooperative, but then he kind of wasn't. And then there was rumors that he put a gag order on his company and that he wouldn't help anymore. But that has been brought to light that he did help. He did cooperate. Okay. Um, so I want to make that clear that he has cooperated, but still no one knows what happened to Ray. And nobody in his office said they called or did anything? <clears throat> nope. Okay. And so once they figured out that it may have been suicide... They, like, turned his house upside down to try to find out what what happened. Because sometimes you leave a note. Right. They did find a note. Okay. So, on the back of Ray's computer, taped in the, I mean, it's this tiny, tiny, tiny piece of paper. But when you unfold it, it's actually three pages worth of words. words like, he had okay. shrunk, a, shrunk the size and folded it up. So, it's really, 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 really tiny. But... The words on it are strange. So it begins, it says, Brothers and sisters, around the world right now, volcanoes are erupting. What an awesome sight. Now, when his wife, Allison, Googled that, the first thing that pops up is Freemasons. 
Okay. Which he was reading some Freemasons material. Again, he's a screenwriter. She thought maybe this was something he was working on as a movie writer, but it lists several like family members and celebrities. Um, of course, I had their na- the last names blacked out, but um, Christopher Reeve was one of them hmm. who is no longer with us. Um, and some other things, some other actors and people he said he wanted to make five years younger. I don't know how you would make that happen. Yeah, I'm not familiar with the Freemason stuff, but um, and there was movie lists, a list of movies. Um, One of them on there was the game, which some people said he was playing out in real life because there's a line in his note that says "game well played." Okay. Um, It was just. Is there a movie called the game? Yeah. Okay. I don't know the movie called the game. Yeah. Um. So. They even sent, they thought it was a coded message. They sent it to the FBI. The FBI analyzed it, and they said it's not a suicide note. And Allison showed books and books and books. He would just write, he's a writer. He would write random thoughts in his head all the time. Some of them didn't make sense. Some of them were disjointed. Some of them followed on top of others. Like, only he wrote in his own, like, little language. So only yeah. he could read what he was writing. So it could have been something that he just was important to him that he put away. But they he, said. They ta- he taped it to the. The back, the back of, his, of his, computer. his computer. And it was at his home. Yes. Okay, so he hadn't home. taken it with so him. So it wasn't like he could leave it somewhere where someone would find it. Like, you had to search for this. But it, So it really wasn't a suicide note because he didn't say, I'm sad or I'm yeah. any of this. So it uh, sounds she, like I'll think of things sometimes and just write down a few words. And I'm not a writer. Oh, my husband so. says I, bought too, I buy too many notebooks for different reasons all, all the time. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah I, write, I write notes all the time. So it's probably it's, I don't think it was a suicide note. Yeah, it just sounds like or random sorry. thoughts from a screenwriter or a writer for play, you know, his films. Yeah. Well, there was another um, theory that it's a speech he was writing because it was a style. It was seemed like very dramatic in the beginning, and then like a list of stuff, and then like it had an ending, and then there was like a there was a blank check part in there, so that hmm. people were thinking that might be for like his fee to join the Freemasons. Okay. And he had actually that day had a meeting with someone about. Like he could have just been inquiring too for screenplay reasons or just whatever. research. But um, again, the movie says people were thinking he was acting out the game. So in the game, the character eventually jumps off a roof okay. after he's involved in the scheme of some sort. Um, but his wife said like he likes a lot of different types of movies. Like he's just interested in everything and just randomly wrote stuff and. And he's a writer, so if he was going to leave a note about what happened, it would probably be this beautiful note to let his family know what was going on. He wasn't a very secretive type person. Okay. So, that's just another theory. Yeah. So then, you know, the note was in code, and that, of course, mental illness was brought up. Had he had any history? No. Okay. Um, You know, like we mentioned, start over screenplay, or just a note. Like, no one could really... Figure it out. But then there's a theory that things were staged, which is where I'm leaning towards. Yeah, just the way it sounds. Right, because the three potential jumping points didn't make any sense. The math didn't work at all. He wouldn't have been able to make those those jumps without having help. And then all the um, stuff just didn't, just doesn't add up to someone who just jumped off a building. To me, anyway. Right. Didn't make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And so the like the medical examiner just doesn't the way the shins were broken was almost like a mob consistency, like a mob hit when they like break your kneecaps and like bust your legs up, not falling through the roof. Yeah, so, so that was kind of weird. Yeah. 
Because he had too many broken bones. To... Right. I mean, like, too many broken ribs, too many lacerations in places that didn't make sense to be falling straight through this hole that he would have to been, like, projected out of off the roof. That They're not consistent with the fall, is what the medical examiner said. So, what, is there any ties to anything? Is there any history with somebody? I mean, Well, they're just... thinking, another theory is that maybe he lost someone a bunch of money. He did write that finance letter you know telling people what to do with their money and maybe someone listened to them and a deal it just didn't work out for them because you know stock markets are volatile and they don't exactly follow um a perfect trend you can have losses you can have gains just as quick as you know it's, it's random right so maybe someone put a lot of their money into something that he said would be a good thing and it wasn't and they got mad about it right how about the guy he worked with? Did he have any business dealings with shady characters? Not you know that any... I, um, not that I can tell. They were best friends from high school. They were, I mean, he moved out to Baltimore just to work with the guy, and then they were going to relocate back. So I, we don't know. So it's just a big mystery, is what it sounds like. Well, before so before Riviera came on board, Stansbury's company was under investigation. Okay. About defrauding public investors. So now that might be an avenue that might have had yeah, something to do with it. Okay. Um, which is why he could have come across as non cooperative at the time and something may have happened there. Who knows? It could have been maybe Porter. Right. Because remember, the call came from the switchboard at the, his office. True. But no one's ever been implicated. No one's ever been charged. It's just wacky. I mean, there's like a bunch of names on that, that list. But oh, they blacked wow. out the last names. And some of them were family members. And, some and of that's them his were, list, his note behind his the note. commute. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, either Freemasons, mob, his friend. And someone staged it. Or his wife, they were so in love. And she had just left to go to work, we learned last week. And was coming by, you know, trying to call him all day. Because they talked several times a day. I just don't. It just the suicide thing just doesn't. Once you see pictures, if you go up and look any of this up, or Melissa will probably yeah. put some pictures on. Um, I have some pictures of the hotel and stuff this time around on in our Facebook group, Old Time Crime Guys. But it just doesn't to me. The obvious thing is it was staged. I don't think it was suicide. I think it was homicide because you you can't run eleven miles and jump forty five feet off of a building. One go through the roof and have that much damage not consistent with the fall but then your glasses and your cell phone are like perfectly fine and your flip-flops are like just when the string is broken they're not like <laughs> i think the other thing that got me was he got a phone call from somebody yeah so suicide and the kinda... money clip okay so his wife got him this nice engraved money clip that he kept on him all the time and when they got the car back there was nothing in the car it was not on his physical person. It, she's never found that money clip. So yeah. someone had to be involved. So the whole, I mean, he left his food. He was eating. Yeah, he, he left jumped a, up. That's just not suicide. His Invisalign's out with a can of soda and a bag of chips. Yeah. Like, it was just a, oh, crap, I got to go. Yeah. I'll be right back. But he never came back. So that, to me, does rules out yeah. the whole suicide thing. Because you're not going to leave like that and be in a hurry and. And then go kill yourself. It's just, yeah, yeah I agree. Which, something, something strange. Which is why it was on Unsolved Mysteries. So if you have a chance to watch that episode, I recommend it. It explains things in a little bit. You can see the actual ledges and they tell you what's on the floors and, and the little diagrams on the graphing and the 
amount of feet and what it would take for someone to actually end up on the other side. And there's news anchors that covered the story that are yeah. on that too as well. So, yeah. and his wife, I think if nothing else, I think it's refreshing to see uh, she's gone through something really bad, but she fought hard to find him, brought his family in. I don't they, think they would have found the car. I mean, it was his related to police work and stuff, but within 24 hours, they already had a, a workstation set up. They were calling hospitals. They had flyers out. Like They were on top of it. Yeah. And if they hadn't have done that in the beginning, I don't think they would have found the car as fast as they did. And found him. Because so. it still took a week, but... And what, this was in 2006? Yes. Wow, good memory. Good, good memory. Know, good job. Like, woo. So, Brain's getting better. Yes. So, um, yeah. Just kind of sad they can't find out. Mm -hmm. But somebody knows something. Somebody always knows something. Yep. So, hopefully they'll find out one day what happened to Ray Rivera. Yep, somebody will come forward, hopefully. And it will be a cold case that we'll get to talk about that we have somebody that's responsible because someone did this. So in my the name of the episode or we talked was suicide or homicide. So I think homicide. I think homicide. So you can tell us what you think on the Facebook group. So I know this one was just short. It's just a follow up. Um, so next week we'll be back with something different. So hit us up, oldtimecrimegals at gmail.com or our Facebook group. And in the meantime, Remember, if you do the crime, it'll catch up with you in time. And we'll talk about it.